So, hi, hi, hi. Howdy. Hey, welcome to the Belladonna Watch Club, where we dig into iconic shows and movies that one of us has never seen. So the rules are, one of us is coming at it with fresh eyes, while the other one has already seen it. So this week we're doing something a little different, kind of special. Our first festive edition. Yay! <laughs> I guess first, who are who are we individually? <laughs> I'm Jenny, and I'm the fresh eyes this week. Again, uh, sorry about it. Uh, people have asked, two people, the only two people I've told actually that we're doing this episode, mm -hmm. both of them have been like, well, when are you going to not see an episode? I'm like, relax, it'll happen. Soon, it's coming. <laughs> yeah, it's coming soon. But in the meantime, I'm Lisa and I have seen this. So I am a Christmas fanatic. I <laughs> adore Christmas every year and maybe... July, August, I guess similarly to fall, I just get this craving for Christmas when it's absolutely the wrong time. I think when I'm in the throes of summer and like sweating and uncomfortable, I'm just like, oh, cozy Christmas mm. sweaters. Like I love, I love baking. I love decorating. I love scented candles. I've got my Christmas candle going on back here. Um, I just and I love Christmas movies and I I'm the kind of person that watches the same movies like over and over and over and over again and I have my like list of holiday must-sees so you are not at all that person are you no no I am very much not I am uh, pretty much the polar opposite I am not a Christmas fan at all uh, all of my associations with Christmas are negative uh unpleasant ones I'd rather not think about it's a it's a very stressful time for me or it has been and um I don't look forward to it at all mm -hmm. so I am very much like the title character of today's movie I am a Grinch yep yep it doesn't you're not terribly vocal about it you're not like a soapbox no. like anti-Christmas kind of person and I I do know some of those people yes True. So maybe you're not outwardly grinchy. No, <laughs> I'm an inner, inner Grinch. <laughs> you're having an inner Grinch. Uh, I'm starting to have a bit of an inner Grinch, actually. Um, now that I have my own children, I'm realizing fully how much work it is. Christmas mm -hmm. and the holiday season is a lot of emotional and mental labor. It's and like physical, like it's like you gotta get all the gifts and wrap all the gifts and do all the decorating. And, and normally it's something that I love, but now that it's in addition to regular childcare and trying to just like get through life, it's a lot. I think this year, so far, I mean, it's not even December yet, but so far it's better this year than last because last year I had an infant. So right. she was about four months old. And waking up uh, every 45 minutes to two hours a night. Like it, at one point it was every 45 minutes and it was like right around the holiday season. So I remember my husband and I wrapping presents in dead silence. I was like, I, 
I usually, you know, you have the Christmas music on. We have like a little, a little Bailey's, a little something. Yeah. And it was just like, if I can't handle this right now. So we're hoping for a better holiday season this year because I do love it. I do love it. And it's like, I was sad at how horrible it was. Yes. Well, I am sending the blessings of the season upon you. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. I can do that. I can certainly wish, wish uh, good times on people. I'm not that much of a, I'm not a Scrooge. I'm a Grinch. I'm not a Scrooge. Fair enough. Fair enough. So we are watching the 2000 live adaptation of Dr. Seuss's How the Grinch Stole Christmas, starring the wonderful, legendary, iconic Jim Carrey. And yeah, you hadn't seen that before. So I don't really think I need to go through a plot summary. Do I? Because it's like, it's pretty, it's pretty classic. I think people generally know what's going on with the Grinch. Read the book. So tell me, tell me, tell me, tell me. Well, I think overall, I felt very seen by this film. I felt like, uh, so obviously I went into it being like, I'm not a Christmas person. I don't really enjoy this. Um, but I feel like I was represented in that way. I feel like it, it wasn't just like, oh, everyone who hates Christmas, they're all evil. Or, you know, I didn't feel like, I didn't feel excluded. I felt like my opinions were supported. <laughs> and um, I, I, I was charmed by it. The, the, the Who's are perhaps a bit insufferable at times, but, but they were charming because it's about community. Um, and yeah, and, and I just, Jim Carrey, I, we've all had a crushing on Jim Carrey moment, right? Like a phase of crushing on Jim Carrey. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe not. No. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Maybe it's just me. No, let us know in the comments, please. Come on. Um, I'm sure I'm not alone. <laughs> in, uh, like, he's likable. <laughs> he's, he's... Even if it was, like, I don't know, a week you found him. No? Okay, never mind. So maybe anyway. <laughs> Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. He was, oh, was so. there was some warmth there, but, <laughs> like, warmth. Nothing, nothing yeah. beyond, you know. <laughs> no, no, I'm you really reaching. No. Ace Ventura, no, no. Come on, <laughs> come on. He was cute. Okay, anyway, anyway. Um, <laughs> well, uh, obviously, perhaps he wasn't quite as uh, appealing under all that green, uh, uh, <laughs> green monster makeup, etc., which was hella impressive oh my god i i love 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 um really impressive costumes and makeup and every single i'll talk about this a little bit more later that every single face that appeared on the screen it's wild was isn't it just stunning they looked fantastic. so they actually won an academy award for makeup and well i think it was makeup well and costume deserved. design Absolutely. And Jim Carrey had to sit through eight hours of costume a day to get into the Grinch. He almost quit on countless occasions because of like the physical discomfort of having to go through that. 
and they actually brought in a CIA agent to teach him how to cope with these distressing situations because he was so deeply uncomfortable from what I read. It was primarily um, the contact lenses. The yellow contact lenses were so unbelievably uncomfortable for his eyes that he just like couldn't cope with that. Um, So in fact, a lot of the, I I read up to about half. So there's a really great article on, on screen rant that I read about, you know, some, some trivia about the movie. Um, and so about half of the, the eyes scenes or scenes where like you see it's digitally altered after production because he just couldn't handle having those like, imagine your entire eye oh God. being oh, covered God. with this like giant yellow contact. Sclera, I think sclera contacts. Okay. Something like that. I don't know, but yeah, but yeah, extremely impressive totally mm-hmm. cumbersome and like and that costume can't have been lightweight like oh gosh no he's and got hot and everywhere hot and itchy probably oh yeah with the yak hair <laughs> yikes hundreds and hundreds like of of prosthetic noses everybody had a prosthetic nose except cindy lou like mm-hmm. it was crazy the amount mm-hmm. of work on this set and they even like the set itself was so impressive, right? Like not just the costumes and the everything is so remarkable. I was surprised on Rotten Tomatoes, this has like a 49% rating or something, which to me is way too low. Like, I beg your pardon? I'm biased as a, you know, it came out in 2000. I was, I guess, 11. Like peak age for this to be the perfect movie for the holidays. But come on, 49%. No, even me as 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 a Grinch myself, age thirty four, a Christmas non fan, <laughs> I was mega impressed, mega impressed seeing it for the first time. Just wow! I watch this movie every single year without fail, Do like you? <laughs> pretty much. So that means since two thousand, I've watched it like twenty three times at least, like bare minimum, <laughs> and it just. It fills my heart so much. And I didn't fully pick up on some of the fact, like it can be a kind of an intense movie sometimes. Like Mm. there's some special effects and there's fire and explosions and like all of this like ridiculous stuff. And I remember when I was, I must've been 16. My parents had left for a Christmas party and I was at home alone while they were out. I think possibly for the very first time just because usually my sister was there. But at that point, my mm-hmm. sister had moved out. And I decided to smoke a joint and watch this movie. Because <laughs> I was like, it'll be fun. It'll be, like, colorful and whimsical and whatever. And there are scenes where there's, like, fire and screaming and, like, swirling images of, like, really intense, you know, like, Grinch. Like, what? And I'm just like, what have I done? What am I doing? <laughs> There's something about the like the wonky camera angles and things. It it feels like a music video. There's Fair. something so like energetic and like everyone's dancing and moving and we're swooshing through the town and now we're sideways and now this angle's moving. There's like there are so few still shots. It just feels like music video, chaos, ah, joy, festivity. Ah. <laughs> But then did you also notice that there's almost like a filter over it? The colors are a little bit bland. 
Did you? There's something like that. Yes. Yes, I did notice. Yeah. Yes. And I didn't notice that until maybe just a few years ago while watching it. I think in in contrast with the movies that are coming out now, which are probably made for more like 4K TVs, like vibrant, big colors, and, and that there's must have been something in the cinematography world back in 2000 that they wanted to make it more muted. I, th- I think I got a sort of a, like a storybook feel from that, like a kind of a on paper sort of fantasy land um, rather than like high definition color blast candy type thing. Um, Which is, I don't know. That's what I got anyway. And that's interesting that they would have taken that approach because you look at Dr. Seuss's work and it's all very punchy and vibrant and, and the cartoon is very bright. And so I didn't, I don't fully understand that choice. But I wonder, I wonder if it made it a little bit more like maybe subconsciously I was more uh, as an adult, more drawn to it or, or attracted to it because of it being a little bit more toned down. Okay. Maybe if it was just that much punchier color or more like saturated color would have had it leaning a little bit more child's movie. Okay. Maybe? I don't know. Maybe, maybe the the, de- the the sort of the filtery thing might have um, given it a bit more of an adult or family friendly. All the family friendly. Right. I don't know. And there is so much in this that are for the adults. I feel like this is equally <laughs> a grown up and child movie. And it's not just like the occasional reference here and there that's thrown into a kid's movie. It's like the entire thing. There are some things that would just be totally lost in a child. So right from the get-go, you see that the dad, like Cindy Lou, who's dad. So there's Drew and Stu, who are the brothers. I forget who the who the dad is. Um, but Lou. Lou. Lou, yeah. Lou, Lou who? Just Lou who. She's Cindy Lou. He's Lou. Okay. He's just Lou who? Okay, and then there's Drew. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I was like, wait a minute. What? <laughs> Lou Lou? Like, what's happening? Because then there's Betty Lou Who as well. So, Betty I Lou? feel like... I don't know. Betty Lou is the mom. Yes. So then I feel like everybody has, like, a second Lou in there. Anyway. Lou Who works at the post office. <laughs> and you can see things being stamped fragile with the, like, giant machine, like, crushing it. And... And you see Grinch, like, mixing up all of the letters, like, jury duty. I don't think a child would fully grasp the, like, hilarity of, like, ruining somebody's Christmas by giving them jury duty. Like, (laughs) I just love it. And the, like, lack of care and and just, like, chucking parcels around. Like, that's a very adult, like, grown-up humor. Oh, absolutely. And it's a chaotic villain. You know, he's not, he's not making everyone miserable. He's just causing chaos that he finds hilarious. And, uh, the, what got me (laughs) cackling out loud, uh, was just a super, super quick moment. He, um, he's got a saw, like a big old, I don't know what kind of saw it is, but he's like holding it behind his back. And then he sees these two little girls, (laughs) like they're like five years old and he gives them the saw (laughs) and he's just like, here you go. Be sure to run real fast. But I love it. Just like tiny little, they, they, they didn't skip on any moment to just inject some kind of humor 
in there, just something silly and, and chaotic. And I loved it. <laughs> yeah. The entire movie is lined like that, where you have to be paying attention to mm-hmm. be like, wait a minute. What? I have a little clip here sure. and I don't remember what it is. Let's find out. <laughs> Well, the boys didn't see any Grinch. <laughs> he was he came after us. Us. No, I think they were just up on the mountain playing with matches or defacing public property or. Oh, well, that's a, that's a relief. <laughs> and so that's another one of those moments, right, where it's it's like that's the exact kind of thing that in normal life you don't want them to be doing. <laughs> no. <You know? laughs> just like not running with a saw. That's it's like fine. yeah, they're just facing public property playing with matches you know it's all good like the script writing in this is genius there's Mm -hmm. also a significant amount of improv but oh oh i bet i bet um when (laughs) when we first see the teenagers climbing up so like we haven't even seen the grinch yet it's just like being hinted at hinted at here's his cave on the mountain and we see the teenagers like scrambling up the mountain like they're gonna go and like knock on his door or whatever i i felt myself grimacing Mm -hmm. teenagers and instantly i was like i feel seen and like the 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 moment after he's just like you know scowling at the teenagers hating (laughs) the youth (laughs) and then there is me as as from like the parent angle when the the boy is like, I don't want to knock on the door. And then the girl is like, oh, do it for me. Like, like, don't you peer pressure him into doing something he's uncomfortable. <laughs> Excuse me, miss. He has set a boundary. You respect his no. Like, don't you like gentle parenting them? <laughs> I was yep. not impressed with that peer pressure moment. But, you know, teenagers. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, we were talking about the makeup and the costumes and everything. All of that really, really just created this made-up fantasy land um, that, like, in the first 10 minutes, we see all of these faces. Like, the, the biology is specific and all made up. The the language, like, they have different different words that they use, like uh, bolometers and... Heck of a rush. Heck of a rush. Yep. They're like stamp rush. on the <laughs> their stamp on the post. And like the I mean, obviously you've got such a great and like just incredible source material. Obviously, Dr. Seuss was such a genius in, in what he created. But um like the 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 cultural systems and the demographics and the traditions of the town, like the employment, the different the jobs that they have and like the with the, the the makeup and the faces the you've got the noses but they've got um the teeth the eyelashes mm. everything it's all covered there's not even a trace of like of like a, a a planet earth real human it's just all covered all bases and it was just yeah first you're 10 minutes in and already you're in this total storybook world and uh I, it's just so impressive fantastic yeah, the world building is is so thorough, like you said, mm. and I I really love how it's in a snowflake. Like imagine yeah. the 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 imagination of a child looking at a snowflake and thinking that like deep 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 within that little snowflake there's Whoville. Yeah, yeah. yeah. which 
begs the question of like where the heck the Grinch could have come from. Like if all if like it's so insular and all of the who's are the same, like which weird wind brought the Grinch? Is there like another town like in another snowflake or like on the other side of the snowflake? Like what could have possibly bred the Grinch? I was expecting a little bit more of a of a backstory, but no, the closest we get is his he just floats in on one of those like Humbercellas. There you go. <laughs> that thing. Yep. Yeah. That's all right. That's all we need to know. It's it's surrealism. That's as far yeah. as we get. <laughs> so at the beginning there, when we do have you know, the rushing about and Cindy Lou is feeling kind of gross about the commercialism and consumerism. First of all, it was very appropriate because we are doing this like just immediately after Black Friday weekend. And so <laughs> we've had the like lead up of Black Friday sales and then Black Friday weekend sales and then Cyber Monday sales. And it's just, it's a lot. Mm-hmm. And I am not immune. I spent <laughs> so much money, albeit almost all of my Christmas shopping is done. And so I'm doing this in like a self-preservation, like budgeting way, but it felt very appropriate. So I've actually indicated in my notes how many of these quotes I use on a regular basis. I think <laughs> out of every movie and show I've ever seen, I quote The Grinch at least weekly in one way or another. <laughs> like it is somehow just wound its way into my vernacular, like everyday life. One of the ones, anytime that we're trying to like get the kids to put on a hat, I just won't let you go till you buy a chapeau. And they're like, they're like what <laughs> and steve is like what like i'm just like I'm lucky to go until you buy a chapeau I'm like, okay whatever but i thought that line lives rent free in my head mm-hmm. all the time mm-hmm. i can't help it <laughs> i think i have heard people quote the grinch so many times before and not realized it because then when i what when i did watch it the other day i was like hey ha oh wait a minute that's that's that meme hey so-and-so says this like i've i've heard these things before and it was just all coming together like i'm 90 percent sure that i've i've used the quote that's what these tests are for with you like 100 percent certain like even just trying to get set up with <laughs> our podcast like it's that's the one i think i use the absolute most anytime steve and i are trying to get ready this is the one that steve uses the most it's like but what will i wear <laughs> like just yes oh yeah all oh, yeah. the time all, all, all the time, especially if we're trying to get ready to go out. 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 Yeah. Gosh. Um, the audacity. The unmitigated goal. <laughs> <laughs> that one I don't necessarily say out loud, but it comes. And I'm leaking. And I'm <laughs> leaking anytime I'm like crying <laughs> or like my nose is running. I'm just like, I'm leaking. <laughs> that's a really oh, good one dear. um and then ones that i don't always find a use for in real life but just like pop into my head every now and again <laughs> when he's like this is not pudding when he's like going to eat at the <laughs> at the jubilation <laughs> i'm just like oh my god <laughs> and are you two still living yeah <laughs> the delivery on that oh yeah. Yeah. Incredible. Oh, incredible. 
Yeah, that um, one comes up. God, we all know how incredible Jim Carrey is, obviously. And, like, it's just, it's amazing to me how even underneath all of that makeup, he was able to give so much, express Mm -hmm. so much, because he's, because that's what he's good at. He can, he's got the face, the, like, rubber face that just, oh, my God. But his voices and, like, little um, imitations as well, and when he would choose to sort of put on an accent or a voice, um, like some of his bits seem familiar, but I don't know what, like what they were from, but it's just, it's like from something, some classic film. I don't know. Um, when he's like intimidating and aggressive, he doesn't make it scary. He makes it silly by putting on some kind of a voice. Like he's got his, um, don't you know you're not supposed to take things that don't belong to you? I actually have that clip and that's my next (laughs) clip. So we're going to pull that up right now because I loved this part. I loved this. Don't play that. Don't you know you're not supposed to take things that don't belong to you? What's the matter with you? You're some kind of wild animal? Let's go. (laughs) Incredible. Right? I feel like, I feel like that is from some like western i don't know it, it it feels like he's being like i don't know not clint eastwood no but you know something that clint eastwood was in i don't know i'm not sure but um God. tell us in the comments oh. who was he being who was he being mm. yeah or you know make your suggestions or something but um God. and <laughs> i think right after that he's still sort of causing chaos in the in the in the storage room or something and he's got like rubber gloves on or something. He's putting some rubber gloves on for some reason. And just this tiny little instant and he pulls the gloves and just smacks. Ow. <laughs> you don't need to do that, but you do because it yep. just oh, it adds more lit. He's brilliant. He's, he's so brilliant. brilliant. And one of, I, I don't know how many of of his lines were improv, uh, but there's a fair amount of them. Like the scene where he's trying to talk to Max about being a reindeer that was actually him teasing Ron Howard. That wasn't in the script at all. That was him no. just doing it. And Ron Howard loved it so much that he put it in the movie. And that was a standout scene for me. Yeah, how, how absolutely. And when he he's trying to figure out if he can go to the jubilation or not, and he's going through his like personal diary, his agenda for the day, that was all improv like none of that was in the script where he was just going through and everything that he said he had to do like solve world hunger tell no one like that was all (laughs) him it's like I can't cancel on myself again like I sincerely hope that he understands how good he was in this movie despite all of his challenges. Um, I know he was also going through some addiction issues at the time. And so I generally think that this was not an easy period in his life. <laughs> but his performance is outstanding. Mm-hmm. Like just I close mean, that'll my come mind. down to that'll come down to natural talent and 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 genius, but also professionalism. You know? Uh you when you're an actor and you have to put up with some pretty terrible stuff. You you show up every day, you get through it, you do your best, and you, you know, for however long you have to put it aside, you do. You put aside your stuff and you show up. And, like, and he was acting with children, right? You know, you can't, 
it would be a different story if it was just him and a bunch of other adults. But, you know, he was spending a lot of time with little Taylor Momsen. You, you, you can't, you can't just go and be a dick. You know, you, yeah. you've, you've got to, you, you've got to pull yourself together and, and a huge testament to his character, his character, that mm-hmm. he was able to pull it all together. And I'm, I'm hoping that, yeah, that he, that he, he knows how much it has meant to people and how much joy it has brought to people. Cause obviously, you know, it, it's not, I've never seen the film before, but I know how much people love it. And it's, it's talked about for the entirety of my life, basically. He has, <laughs> he has so many brilliant acting credits under his belt. Um, but for this to be one of them, just one, I mean, I, I don't even know what to say, but <laughs> just, I, I, I hope it was all worth it. And I hope he, I hope he understands and can feel proud of himself for it. I hope so too. Um, speaking of Taylor Momsen, oh. my least favorite part of the movie is that song. <laughs> Where are you Christmas? It's grating. It, I skip it. I never skip things in movies, and every time I, I sat through it for the sake of discussion today. Okay. <laughs> but I despise that song. <laughs> Even the Faith Hill version at the end. It's bad. Are you expecting it to be better? <laughs> um, oh dear. I like Christmas music a lot. Yeah, I, you do. I do. I'm a big big fan of christmas music not this for for any, for any background in case people are wondering why does jenny hate christmas so much like wow what a little bitch no okay i think i've mentioned before i have <laughs> i have worked in various forms of customer service for 15 years um many of those years were working in retail in clothing stores family clothing stores uh, in shopping malls, in, you know, various places. And the long-lasting memory of Christmas and what gets reinforced for me every year is the consumerism, the entitlement, the later hours, longer hours, because you're they're open to close every single day. Um, and all of this to a, a background soundtrack of the absolute worst, typically the worst, <laughs> most irritating Christmas songs. The same ones over and over. And uh, depending on whatever, you know, licenses the, the store has, you'll get the terrible assortment. You know, you'll get the, the, the cheap, the, 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 the not popular <laughs> recording or something, you know. And I'm fine if it's like, okay, it's December, we're ready to go. You know, it, this is Christmas month. Okay, fine. But typically these soundtracks would start November 12th, you know, or even earlier. And I just think that's wrong. So, um, so in my mind, chaos, uh, <laughs> there you go. Chaos. In my mind and in my heart, Christmas means chaos, entitlement, um, being treated horribly by strangers, um, just extremely loud music and, uh, being exhausted. So there's no, minimal joy uh, in my life around Christmas. So there you go. That's my background. So just please bear with me. There must be somebody in uh, in our audience who who can who can relate. 
<laughs> well, even my retail experience at Christmas was so much fun. And I'm sorry that yours has been like, I think yours is the, the, the rule. Like I'm the, my, my experience is the exception. Yours yes. is the standard, but I worked at Lush. So for me, Christmas meant we would get all of these new products in. They were so much fun. They were limited edition and we'd have people coming in to get like a really cool, fun present for somebody mm. that they loved. And sometimes it was awkward and sometimes it was difficult because it was a teeny tiny store and there was so much stuff and there were so many people and there were stressful moments without a doubt. But overall, like it's a fun product. It's a fun store that's like high energy. And it was just overall really positive for me. And so I'm sorry for your 15 <laughs> years of terrible Christmases. Um, and I understand why maybe it's not such a fun time for you. Get that. And I don't want to ruin it for anybody. Like I'm, I'm absolutely... I'm I'm down for people to really enjoy it and get the best out of it. Um, who am I to poo-poo that, right? Um, I it, I just sort of need to protect myself from uh, what I think is that probably trauma. <laughs> I think I have some Fair. retail working in retail trauma, um, and and try to find any opportunity I can to remind myself that there is good in the world. There are people. You know, kind people. There are um, Martha May Huviers in the world. You know, there are people who can be kind to Grinches, and uh, you know, you gotta find find ways to remind yourself of um, humanity, what it's all about, what it's really all about. Like at the basis, yeah, it's about yeah, yeah, the the moral of the story. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So speaking of Martha May Huvier, that's actually my next note. Tell me your thoughts on Martha May Huvier. Oh, okay. I love a monster lover. And mm -hmm. that is what I see in her for sure. Um, <laughs> I, okay. I love her little introduction. Her Betty. Hi. Like what was that? What was that for? I don't know, but it's camp and it's glorious and I love her. Like Stepford Wife, sort of like, but not monotonous, like robotic Stepford Wife. Like just typical suburban, you know, like super friendly 50s with the neighbors kind of like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this incredible, like Santa inspired outfit, little like mini dress thing. Oh my God, go for it, girl. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I, I loved her a lot. Yeah. I really liked the inclusion of her. Martha May Huvier is like, peak sexuality like she everything she says is like dripping with sexuality like everything like the muscles like she's just has always been my favorite character she has the like 1940s glam like ostrich feather robe she's also like a single woman living in her enormous house, taking care of her own business, might I add, mm -hmm. putting up her own lights with her giant machine. Also oh. extremely sexual. Like <laughs> with this huge, like she's like gyrating on this machine. Like <laughs> she's always been my favorite character. That is just, she's amazing. Even like at the end where she like slides down off of the off the sleigh full of toys 
like Augustus, your ring back. Like she's just so like dramatic, but with this flair of like feminine, <laughs> untethered feminine wiles. Like she's mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. amazing. And do they? I feel like if this was on the stage, she could easily be done by a drag queen. I, I was like literally just about to say somebody needs to do Martha May Huvier on the Snatch Game. Yeah. <laughs> In RuPaul's Drag Race, for those who who don't know, and now I feel like I need to go on RuPaul's Drag Race and do Martha May Huvier. I really want to. <laughs> How do I do that? <laughs> what do I, <laughs> I have a couple of other little notes here about some lines that are in the show or in the movie show. I'm used to of our <laughs> other episodes uh, that are in the movie that were just so clever. And that reminds me of the, you know, some of the ones that we've already mentioned before when he's looking at his heart and it's gone, it's like down a size and a half. And this year I'll keep it off like (laughs) diet culture and all of that. Like, again, that's another quip or it's another just line that geared towards the grownups as well as when he's eating the wine bottle, like takes a huge like bite out of it. And he goes, "Mm, good year. Like, or sorry, ex- <laughs> excellent year. Excellent year. <laughs> yeah, of this wine. Mm, delicious. Which I mm-hmm. wonder, like, it had to have been candy or something. Like, that glass bottle that he fully, like, munched on. I, th- I think sugar. Uh, yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Yeah, like it was just so shiny and reflective. Like, it looked, like, kudos to the props team. Because uh, that mm-hmm. looked, like, very legit i was like he's not eating glass i wonder if you caught on to part of this but first i'm gonna play one of my favorite lines yeah honey our baby's here he looks just like your boss (laughs) that made me every year it makes me laugh so hard (laughs) because even in this weird who humbrucella world Apparently there can be whoopsie babies. Oopsie little, babies. <laughs> little scandals going on. Scandals, drama under the surface. But that just, it adds so much more to the world. It creates a deeper world. It's a deep, it's a society, you know, it's a, it's a whole fantasy land, but it's got layers. It's got layers, it's got depth, it's got backstory, everything. Just brilliant. Yep. Oh, yeah. And then this this part as well, it just floors me that they included it in the movie. And I applaud them. This party scene from the, the same flashback about the origin of, of the Grinch. Tell me you know about the keys. Oh I know about the keys. I know okay, about good. The keys. I mean, I, I was the seventies everywhere. I suppose. <laughs> like, I, I guess so. It had to have been the seventies <laughs> in Whoville. The same phenomena was sweeping the nation. I. Do we need to explain to our listeners about a key party? These women are having a swinger party, basically, where one 
person from a, a set puts their keys in a bowl and you pick the keys and that's the family you go home with. 70s were an adventurous experimental time apparently for a lot of people. Uh, and I love that this community. is in the movie. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> Grinch's parents representation the two mums. Very true. Oh, so true. So true. Yeah. Older possibly roommates <laughs> like yeah, no overt mention of a relationship but you know two close friends having a baby mm-hmm. 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 Okay, I wonder I need to ask are we supposed to dislike the Grinch because because I'm having a hard time disliking him I like I he's he's charismatic and fun enough that we're supposed to enjoy watching it but like I'm kind of siding with Martha May here a little bit. Oh, yeah. To be honest. So am I. I, I, yeah. I get everything that's happened to him. I mean, he was bullied. He tried something outside of his character, and that was thrown back in his face by his kind of conforming peers. I, I don't mm-hmm. dislike him. And he has quite a bit of tenderness for his pet. If he was mean... very mean to max who by the way is the real hero of the whole movie let's be honest um oh absolutely if you if he was mean to max then we could dislike the grinch but he's not not in a cruel way kind of chaotic yeah but he's not yeah he is a sustainability king yes he is absolutely because he takes their Mm -hmm. garbage and he reuses it he is also an inventor. He also eats it. A craftsman. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Nothing goes to waste. He is, he is, he's a maker. He's creative. He's a craftsman. And like, I don't know. I just, I'm just, I'm in full support of the Grinch and his ways. He is totally allowed to keep doing what he's doing. And uh, yeah, no problems. That actually reminded me the scene where he's trying to decide what to get dressed in for the hubilation. And he takes the... Oh tablecloth off the table and nothing falls off that was actually an accident (laughs) that wasn't supposed to happen and Jim Carrey was too good at taking the tablecloth off and then they were like go knock everything off now like quick quick go back because it was all supposed to just like be a jumbly mess like it was supposed to be chaotic and then it wasn't and they were like go 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 and now like it's you know it's in the movie it's amazing I think he's industrious he's an innovator he's also just like vibes uh when he's standing on mount crumpet with a phone book of people just like screaming their names about how he hates them i was like living for that i think that would be so cathartic just going up to the top of a mountain Mm. and screaming about how you hate people Mm -hmm. because he like so like as much as he's as much as he has every right to hate people for what for how they treated him how they bullied him he doesn't make it their problem you know he takes himself away from the situation and he goes up the mountain and he lives up there and then he just comes and causes chaos but he doesn't like destroy their lives and even when he does do his big old stealing christmas vengeance he doesn't he, he doesn't destroy their homes or anything they're still okay you know Christmas is the problem. The individuals are not the problem. 
Exactly. Ooh, very important. This is psychology. This is therapy. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hi. Oh, look, I just found the cutest light for my Christmas display. <laughs> Hurry up. We're going to be late. Come on. Oh, Betty Lou Who with her Christmas lights. When I was watching this, I was with my husband, and he actually just just sorted out for the first time, which, by the way, like he and I have been together for 13 years, which means that he's watched this movie 13 times with me, um, that at one point they're in the house with like a candelabra because she's taken every single bulb from the home for... <laughs> her Christmas display and now she's out stealing traffic lights and she's so like bah, 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 I'm Betty Lou and then the shift of like all right we've got to go like get moving nothing don't look back that that was nothing go <laughs> I love that about her mm -hmm. um can we talk about their hats as well oh it's like the bit, moving just, liquid in the cups it's, yeah it's like proper like eggnog in a little in a little cup just like it constantly nothing spills they don't make any mess but each of them has like some kind of a matching a matching thing atop their head and just gosh the design is incredible the, the design and the execution is just uh, oh, maybe man, that's I why i had a dream it. about hats last night i had a dream <laughs> <laughs> that one of my coworkers was telling me that she used to design hats it must be because of this mm -hmm. <laughs> it has to be subconsciously but... worked its way in i was trying to figure out the the eggnog in the cup because mm. sometimes it looks like it's just like one of those like kids plastic cups that really like the liquid is like in the plastic bit just on the outside but then sometimes you see in angles that it looks like That's it's in exactly the cup exactly what i was thinking yeah yeah. Maybe that's just like digitally in there, like where they've added it for the angle to make it seem like it's. Did they have that technology 23 years ago? I think so. Because they were actually going to do the entire set CGI. Can you believe it? Imagine <gasps> how terrible that would be now. Oh, no. Yeah. That oh, would have been oh, horrible. Imagine doing that whole movie basically like on a green screen. Oh, no. No. No, no, no. no they really did made the right choice for sure i wonder this I, this must be one of the last um like what am I trying to say um physical or like textile films like where, where they've actually used real sets editing jenny here the word i was looking for was practical as in practical effects thank you yeah because i think it was probably pretty soon after that that like everything was going cgi because we were already yeah well into or the star wars prequels at this time mm. the first episode one was in 1999 and then everything that would follow suit um be like in the decade after that and like obviously for that just about everything was was cgi and did yeah so. and we are just getting into the like pixar era mm. i think i'm wondering when the first like real pixar movie came out Oh, actually, you know, Toy Story was 1995. 1995? Oh, my God. I saw that in theaters. Oh, I saw this in theaters. Oh, my golly. I haven't seen <laughs> my... a film in theaters in probably 10 years. 
Oh my gosh, really? I saw the Barbie movie in theaters this summer and it was oh. incredible. Yeah, I got dressed all up in pink and so many people in the theater were dressed in pink and it felt so much fun to go out. Like I said before, out. That was one of those moments where Steve was like, but what will I wear? Because he doesn't own anything. <laughs> so we tried to get him as like kenned up as possible. But we were talking I about how industrious the Grinch is. There's yes. a scene where he has his telescope where he's like looking down and his telescope one of the legs is actually like a green mannequin leg which i really adored he has style and flair (laughs) he macgyvered a whole new leg for this telescope um i need to say something about cindy lou um i get she's supposed to be cute and we're supposed to be like oh she's just little and she's innocent and she saves the day and blah 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 with her kindness um She's a bloody trespasser. Uh, she is. She has already been turned away by him. He has already been like, stay away from me. And then she climbs into his cave. I'm like, go away. Get out of here, you little girl. And this is this is when he says that the impudence, does he not? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, this go away little girl it's terrible like what is this actually teaching children hey this angry scary man who you should be afraid of and who everyone's telling you you shouldn't go and interact with yeah just climb into his lair it's fine it's fine you can convince him and i love in that scene that like by the end of it you almost think he has turned around because he Mm. plays it so well kind of like oh yeah maybe i will go along to the whatever the heck the thing's called what's it called the hubilation. The hubilation. Yes, he's, he's you know, seemingly convinced, convinced, and <laughs> just turns straight around. No, I'm not going. And then he's got his great lever. And she just, oh. But it's you just know incredible. what? That, to me, that is the little, like, budding investigative journalist in her. She's going around with her tape recorder and her microphone, and she's not taking no for an answer, and she wants this, just a scoop. There's a story. yes. Yeah, she does do her research. You know, she doesn't Mm -hmm. immediately go to him. She wants to figure out, like, what's behind him? Why is he like this? And what what else can we know about? So, yeah, I can applaud her for that. But, but, privacy, please. (laughs) Please respect personal space. Good Lord. The fashion show. His Mm -hmm. fashion show. So moving on from, but what will I wear? Uh, Incredible scene. Just... So entertaining, so just uh, ooh, ha, yeah, <laughs> so camp, and like this is another moment where I felt seen. Um, not so much in the like the posing and the outfits, although I definitely do do that. But um, that he's he's got his plan. His plan is get in, be seen, and go. Mm. And then he has this moment, and he goes, "What if it's a cruel prank?" And oh my god. This is one of my regular, regular things. Like, there's some party with people who, like, they were your bullies. They were not nice to you. And they're, like, inviting you. They're, like, you're being brought to be celebrated at this party. What? Instantly, I would think it's a prank. We have mentioned before my... Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought of you. <laughs> my, my, uh, my, my shield and my, my, my walls that go up whenever, you know, popular people who are typically my bullies... Um, or have been, not anymore, 
when they include you or give you any kind of attention, it must be a cruel prank, clearly. So, like, I feel a lot of affection here in this moment. <laughs> but good on him for being brave and actually going and attending the party. <laughs> I like that in the fashion show part, he's wearing the tablecloth skirt and he goes it's not a dress it's a kilt sicko and then he like rips it off and he's wearing a garter yeah <laughs> he calls max a sicko but then he's like still wearing this like you know sexy little thing on his leg he's like girl you feel Black good under that kilt you're so <laughs> oh my god despite all of this he's still outgoing and social like he could easily just have become like a, a recluse and you know just hide himself away and not even want to talk to anybody but he's still like he's still got enough pride in himself like <laughs> pride in himself of course he does he goes down and he is fully prepared to accept an award that's and him a check. he's the center of attention <laughs> and a check there is no check um <laughs> um but i like that they that they kept that with him you know i like that that's a character choice that he's, you know, he's still proud of himself and he's still, okay, all right, and outgoing. Like, great. It's great. It's also his armor, though, because, you know, he has that, like, but what if it's a trick? What if it's a, like, he's still, you know, self-conscious and worried mm -hmm. and has his complete lash out when it comes to the, the razor, you know, the gift of a Christmas shave. And he still completely <sighs> disintegrates, which uh, I get it. I would. Um, Mare... Mayhu, that's it. Thumbs down. Yeah, Mayor Mayhu is yeah. the worst. He's terrible. But yeah, so the confidence. I think you know it's an armor, it's his shield, but he can still muster it after all this time. Mm. Leave it to us to psychoanalyze the Grinch. <laughs> <laughs> Just what we do. Yep. Yep. Just girly things. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I also really love how he comes flying out of the dump it to crump it thing. Thanks to our friend Max, who just that lever. You just bye. You're going to the hubilation. And he lands face first in Martha's boobs. <laughs> I think about that scene every time. And she lands on the stairs with like her head kind of would she not hurt her neck? Would that not be, like, an extremely painful experience landing on a staircase, like, with, like, a whole Grinch on your torso? I believe it would. <laughs> yes. Okay. Because <laughs> to Twice me, it looks... Right? And, like, his center of gravity would just, like... I feel like she would break her neck. That, to mm. me, looks like a fatal encounter every time I see it. I'm like, is she... How is she living, as he would say? I do actually have a scene with Martha May here. So at the Hubilation, Mayor May, who proposes to her, which by the way, they're middle-aged. Like, what have they been doing this whole time? How is he <laughs> right. the love of his life? Why is this just happening now? I just don't understand because he's obviously been crushing on her since grade school. Do things just happen later in life for these who's? Are they just like career-minded? And I wonder what she does. What's her job? Or does she just come from money? Mm, possible. Yeah, mm. possible. I think she's an executive, but that's just Oh, me. all right. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> and maybe that's why she hasn't had time for dating and now is still single because she's she's been very busy. She's a boss lady. 
If you agree to be my wife, uh, along with a lifetime supply of happiness, you'll also receive this. It's a new car! Generously provided by the taxpayers of Whoville! <laughs> by the taxpayers. Another mm-hmm. grown-up joke. Mm-hmm. I just... <laughs> the whole movie is like layered in cynicism it's I, uh, it's on the I, nose i really liked the sort of light employment of uh of breaking the fourth wall um so we have the the narrator speaking at various points through the film anthony hopkins by the way anthony hopkins it's anthony hopkins <laughs> i heard a welsh accent and i was just like this is familiar who is this it's anthony hopkins um it's Anthony Hopkins, in case you missed it. <laughs> <laughs> Who is it? Oh, that guy. Anthony yeah. Hopkins. Um, Anthony Hopkins. He, um... <laughs> Interaction between the Grinch. I think he's the only one who actually uh, breaks the fourth wall. Between him and the narrator. This great moment where uh, we get the hint of him turning a little bit to being a feeling a bit festive. You know, the Christmas spirit is coming into him as he starts speaking in rhyme. And it, just, it was so beautifully done, just like really smoothly popped in there. Um, and it makes me really want to see somebody do The Grinch Does Shakespeare. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> I would love that. I was I not expecting that. <laughs> <laughs> I would love that. And I think I think the Grinch himself, as we see him here, I think he could definitely do something from like Julius Caesar or um or Coriolanus or something. You know, there's a lot of like generals giving some proud speeches and monologues and things, soliloquies. I think it'd be great. <laughs> That's what I'd like to see anyway. I would pay money for that. I would see that. Shakespeare isn't usually my cup of tea, but the Grinch is, and I feel like that is the crossover that could mm. bring me there. He's your gateway. Yeah. Do it. Yeah. My green hairy gateway to Shakespeare. <laughs> <laughs> the tagline of this episode. Should be finishing up any time now. Talk about a recluse. He only comes out once a year. He never catches any flock for it. Probably lives up there to avoid detection. Absolutely true, though. Absolutely, yeah. I have I have beef with Santa, but um, <laughs> or the concept of Santa that is, um, but that's a whole other story for a whole other something. Um, oh yes. But, dude, absolutely. Why does he get off? Why is yeah. he? Why is Santa not? called a hermit or a whatever or antisocial like nothing the Grinch says or does is unfounded I think yeah it's irrefutable he's very solid in his his observations mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's all he does right because he doesn't engage much he just watches and processes and he learns and he sees shit like this and he sees the injustice mm-hmm. <laughs> you learn so much about humanity just by observing mm-hmm. and uh thought you were gonna say by watching the Grinch <laughs> <laughs> well yeah that too I mean yeah. oh, my eyes have opened um but also can I point out in that scene he's wearing his his Santa outfit which he made himself he's a sewist too like what can't this Grinch do 
I mean, he has a lot of time. A lot of time. He can learn. Yeah. Yeah. Just fully multi-talented professional and just, just what a king. Honestly, he's living the life. If, if I had endless time and endless access to materials, imagine what I could do. Imagine what you could do. Imagine what anybody, any of us could he, do with endless time and materials. He felt like me of the past year. Um, so I left my horrible, I've mentioned my terrible retail jobs. I left that job a year ago and I've been more or less unemployed for nearly a year. And um, in that time, I have been doing my hobbies. I have been working on my craft and I feel like that I can just create and I can put things together and I've been sewing I mean as you can see there's something on my dress form for once today and and I I, I just I recognize that in him and I uh, it's just yet another layer where I really really feel this kinship with the Grinch we need to move you to a dump and okay. <laughs> as long as it has internet access so you can continue to make videos and connect and share your art with the world um let's let's move you to a dump grand i love it i mean the view location <laughs> yeah and you'll get used to the smell um we're about to move into the the that scene that we talked about before of him and max and he is directing max as he is about to become rudolph um and and just just yet another brilliant line um, when they're about to take off. So there he is he's getting into his Santa role and <laughs> calling out the the reindeer. Obviously he's only got one, but calling out the reindeer. Crasher, Thrasher, Vomit and Blitzkrieg. Just <laughs> a <gr> <laughs> Oh my god, he didn't have to, but he did it. I love it. That whole scene with him like trying to get ready and doing the tests, like the crash test dummy where it's like airbags a little slow, like where that whole scene or like sequence of scenes is so intense mm -hmm. <laughs> because they have like some like scenes overlaid upon one another. Things are happening really fast. They have things like swirling around the scene, like all of that. That's a lot. That is like a sensory overload. It's, yes. it's a lot. And that's when I think about my poor stoned self. <laughs> what am I looking at right now? You know, like close ups of him and his like maniacal face, like spinning around or something. Like that. That's it. And so like, I'm thinking I'm going to watch this cool movie with these like beautiful girls in candy cane outfits. Those were always my favorite. The two candy cane girls. Those were like mm -hmm. always like my favorites. Um, <laughs> But then you get that. You're like, mm -hmm. that that's taking a turn. Okay, sure. I think I'd have been abs I'd have been like out by the time we saw um, uh, a baby Grinch and the kid Grinch. <laughs> Why is he so much more terrifying as a child and a baby? Like, I don't I don't get it. I don't. It's know like what terrifying, it like animatronic <laughs> Grinch baby. Mm hmm. There's something kind of ET about it, but without the like tenderness of et like, i don't know <laughs> alf <laughs> yeah. yeah somewhere somewhere between et and alf exactly yeah green 
<laughs> exactly. Um, so once he's gotten into the houses and he's talking to Cindy Lou and she's trying to figure out what the meaning of Christmas is, there's this really sweet scene where you can see that despite his outward prickliness, that he does want affection and love. Like, that's the whole point. Not the whole point, but that is still something that despite his reservations and like he doesn't want to want love. He's like wants to be perfectly fine without it. But then you see little Cindy Lou bringing it out from him a little bit. Santa? What? Don't forget the Grinch. Watch his body. Hairy and smelly. <laughs> his hands might be cold and clammy. But I think he's actually kind of Sweet. Sweet! The way that he's like, listening, listening, he's like, I know he's mean and hairy and smelly or whatever. He's like, mm. like the full <laughs> physical dissolving of his like person. <laughs> it's so good. It's like someone took out his batteries. Like, mm -hmm. So we were talking about the, the costumes. And another thing I read on Screen Rant, this, this article was just a goldmine of information. It was only three women hand-knit 250 sweaters for that set, and they were all different. Each who had a different sweater. I think like a dozen of them alone were for the Grinch, but three women hand-knit 250 sweaters in the span of four months. For this set and each of them like we were talking about like the world building and the personalities and everything and like how each of these characters existed in their in this world you know every sweater was different like that is just insane their their budget for this movie was like 120 million dollars or something which i don't know if that's a lot or a little bit or if in 2000 that was a lot or a little bit but Man, every penny spent was worth it, in my opinion, Absolutely. for the level of detail that they put into this. So I have one last clip, and 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 this is where I see myself in the Grinch. Okay. Yeah. So, I have a really hard time hearing song lyrics. <laughs> it takes me like a million times listening to the song to get it. And even then, sometimes I just can't, I just can't discern the words. And this is how I sing. <laughs> I will try to sing songs to my children at night, like before bed. And... Sometimes if I don't know the words, I'm just like, and I just, <laughs> I make like simlish versions of the song. Yeah. <laughs> and so that made me, that made me laugh because that's me all the time. And it's showmanship. <laughs> yep. Yep. And I like that he's into it. He's like, I like this song. I am singing with you guys. That scene specifically and that bit um, reminded me of <laughs> Christmas Mass at an Anglican church. So we, did <laughs> we didn't go to church, um, but, um, but so my family's English 
And uh, so if we were going to go to a church, if we were going to go to some kind of mass, um, then we would go to an Anglican one. And, uh, and Anglican churches are the ones with the very boring hymns, the ones that are just... Like, they have a reputation, right? Um, and, and, like, I never went to church. I didn't learn hymns. I didn't learn Christmas hymns or things. But occasionally I would go with my mom to Christmas Mass at the nearest Anglican church and we would just be there to just sort of be part of the, the singing along. And it's a nice, it's a nice fun, fun feeling, right? It's typically quite optimistic, I think. Anyway, um, but yeah, you have no idea what you're singing. You just, you've got a book there in front of you. You've got your, your, your hymn book and you're like, I don't know what this is. I don't know how this goes, but you just sort of go with it. You know, you just sort of, your voice gets drowned out in the masses. And so you just, you just go with it, but that's exactly what made me think of <laughs> my church experience um is french catholic <gasps> which also has a lot of like hymns and every now and again there's just like a phrase that people just like pop in to like the end of something <laughs> or like I don't, I don't know what it like praise be to god or like i but in french like i have no idea <laughs> what it is but every time i've been in one of those situations i've been like how do people know what to say how yeah. like, what is going on here okay can i just shout something <laughs> right can I just shout whatever you want and i always feel very what's the word like i feel like the person who just doesn't know what's going on i feel very like othered in that mm -hmm. which isn't a situation like as a white woman living in canada is not a situation that i have very often even though it's a very white situation in the french catholic church as well um, <laughs> but yeah, that feeling of being in there and everyone kind of like knows what's going on. And I'm just like, oh, we stand now. Okay. <laughs> I recently went to, yeah, I recently went to a French Catholic funeral and it was very much like that. And I was v extremely out of my depth mm -hmm. and very surprised when people were just like, roll, like they knew what, what to do. They knew what to say and when to say it and what to sing and how to, when to stand. And I'm like, all right, all right, I'm here. For, I'm just along for the ride. <laughs> so in the end, what is Christmas about? <laughs> Family, because Lou Who makes that grand declaration about, you know, the mayor after the mayor's flipping out about everything being stolen. Lou, who says, I have my Christmas right here. And he, like, hugs his family. And he's like, this is what Christmas is about. It's the togetherness and the and the community and the singing together. and Foiled plans, incessant singing, and irritating children. Yes. <laughs> and feasting. Feasting, yes. Yes. Um, together, though. Yes, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no one is alone at Christmas. Um, and then there's a bit... So when the Grinch is, like, learning his lesson or, you know, he's learning to love it, uh, we get this, the, the narrator speaks over for him, um, maybe Christmas doesn't come from a store. But the Grinch knew that all along. This isn't knowledge to him. It's... So I, I think what he actually learns is that it's about gestures of kindness... 
Um, so even though we hear like, oh yeah, it doesn't come from a store, it doesn't matter what you buy, blah, 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 blah. But I'm, I'm assuming that we're, we're supposed to take away is that it's, it's about gestures of kindness, acts of kindness, and togetherness, and blah, 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 blah. But I still came away with this feeling irritable about, about Oh no! But that's just me. So I think Grinch knew that Christmas doesn't come from a store. Or rather... Because his gift, his gift to Martha May was homemade. But it was still an object. Yeah, but but he knew that, like, this was a a creation that came from the heart. Mm. And that it was, you know, he had put his heart and and his imagination into what he was what he was giving to her as a symbol of affection, um, even as a child. So, I mean, what a clever little child there. Yeah. But um, I don't think it's the Grinch learning that Christmas doesn't come from a store. I think it's the Who's learning that Christmas doesn't come from a store because mm-hmm. they're the ones with the hustle and bustle and, and all of that. And so I guess with the narrator and Grinch's, like, epiphany moment, maybe it's it's because the Grinch has realized that they're seeing it that way now. Mm. Mm. And so like he kind of always knew or felt that's the way that it should be, but was disillusioned of what was actually happening. Mm. And so that like that lesson is like him realizing that his ideas of what Christmas should be are in fact the right ones. He was right yeah. all along. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you were still irritated about Christmas. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Just because, I, I mean. I didn't yeah. expect it to, like, change your outlook on life. It wasn't <laughs> actually going to be, like, a Grinchly thing. I don't know what I expected. Just, like, for you to have enjoyed it. I did. Yeah, I did. I enjoyed but... it. And, uh, and, and yeah, as I said, I, I, I saw myself in it I felt seen and uh and I I really I I don't know I didn't feel like I was being as some Christmas movies do they try to be like Christmas is the best part of the year it's the most important time of the year and like everyone is joyful and happy like that is what I cannot deal with is this this like forced festivity that's the nightmare for me um and so it's kind of like it kind of allows you to still be you know, skeptical of, of Christmas and, and the, you know, the holiday season, um, you're still allowed to be that way. Um, and, but, and there will be people who still love you and feel kindness towards you and want you to, to be part of their community all the same. So, like, I, 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 I got some takeaway from it. Um, but I still have problems with Cindy Lou. Um, yeah, she's gross. <laughs> she has a terrible judge of character. She's naive. She is relentless. Um, and she is too insistent that he take part. She mm. is an awful meddling child. And that's my yes. sense on her. That's it. <laughs> she is an awful meddling child. But without her, we would not have this, this is true. wonderful spotlight on the Grinch. Well done. Yay. Yay. (laughs) All right. So after this episode, we will be 
resuming our regular Gilmore Girls activities yes, uh, for the next little while. We do hope to throw in a bonus episode like this here and there uh, just to keep things a little bit spicy, a little bit different. <laughs> yeah, so as always... Thanks so much for joining us today, and thanks so much for listening. I've had a brilliant time. You will catch mm-hmm. us uh, later this week where our, our regularly scheduled programming. Um, we have been the Belladonna Watch Club. Thanks so much for hanging out with us, and we'll see you next week. Bye-bye.